Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And if you're wondering what the noise in the background is, it is our, uh, well, it's our tent because we are on holiday. Yes, we are. In fact, we're not on holiday. We are on our honeymoon. Whoop, whoop. And we've uh, come over to the UK and we're camping near, quite near where my parents live and where I grew up. Yes. In, uh, if you're wondering where that is, we're currently camping in Middleton in Teesdale. Uh, my parents currently live in Barnard Castle. And uh, yeah, it's been good. We've been going around, going for nice walks. Yeah, seeing family. Seeing lots friends. of family, friends and things. The, the idea that we said last year is that we got married and we didn't invite anyone to our wedding. We used the COVID as an excuse to not actually bother inviting anyone to our yeah. wedding and having to do a, a two-country wedding. Me, like, like what are we going to do? Get all my friends and family over from the and UK? Not only to that, do... but also worldwide yeah. and, and Europe and people from all over the place. Yeah, so the idea was that then, instead of inviting people to our wedding, we would invite ourselves to them uh, to do do things with them for our honeymoon and yeah. it's worked out pretty well we've gone it out for food has. with lots of people yeah we've played golf with some people disc, disc golf golf yeah mini golf mini golf yeah. gone for bike rides we've gone for walks lots yes. of different barbecues it's yeah. been really good fun and um, also been. because we went back to my parents house and my father is uh, pretty ill and we're and my mother's in there oh we've got to get everything out the house in case we all die and need to leave and i'm like well that's a bit depressing but it did mean that i went into the attic and uh and chuck out take to the skip takes of recycling lots of stuff and yep. also i found two boxes worth of science fiction books and i showed them to juliana i was like hey check it out these are the books which i had like i owned um just before i started the science fiction book review podcast or in the few in a few of those years leading up to it so i yeah. moved to germany in 2005 i started the science fiction book review podcast in 2008 yeah. so in that time, I was getting books from the English bookshop that I uh, was in there, uh, that had around the corner in, uh, in, Berlin. in Berlin. But before that, I would actually save my, my books, some yeah, of them. Some of them. And also just the latest books that I had, hadn't uh, given to, you know, given back to secondhand shops or whatever yeah. like that. So yeah. it was fun to find two full books. There was the Night's Dawn trilogy by Peter F. Hamilton. I forgot how chunky those books yeah, were. Yeah, these were like the, the, the paperback books. Yeah. And they were big. Really oh, chunky. my God. You realise, oh, that's why they were split up into two novels each for uh, makes a lot for, of sense for the German thing. Yeah. So uh, I was of Isaac Asimov. Yeah, Isaac Asimov. Yeah, just you know, quite a few bits of classic science mm. fiction, which is sort of like I would have given away, but it's like those old books that if you give them to a charity shop, they would just be like, oh, these are old. Nobody wants these and chucks them out. Mm. But if you if you say, hey, does anyone want these? Uh, you know, these science fiction books. This, you know, does anyone want an iRobot from 1960 or something yeah. like? Someone was like, oh yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be really fun. And somebody has yes. your mum put it online somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, some face, after, yeah, Facebook community group or whatever. After 13 minutes, somebody yeah. has already said, oh, I want that. Yeah, we said, box of box of books. Who wants the start of a science fiction uh, a science fiction novel collection? And somebody, yeah. and after 13 minutes, somebody was like, yes, bring them here. Because uh, when I was saying to mum, I was like, oh, take a photo of these, you know, this spread of books. I should post it actually on Twitter. I should, yeah. I should put yeah, it on you Twitter. Yeah, post, post um, And I was like, and say, who wants the start of a science fiction book collection? Um... If you're 13 years old, all your dreams are about to be. <laughs> you're about to. You're about to discover all of your future. Thing. And then my mother and then went over to see what she was. And she was actually typing out the bit where I was like, "Yeah, if you're 13 years." Old. I was like, "No, no, don't write. Don't write it for a 13 year old boy. Just say, 
here's the stuff. Anyway, so it's been a really good holiday so far. It has been. I've finished one of my audiobooks, uh, another audio which we're going to talk about today. Juliana's also finished reading Piranesi, which we'll oh, talk about in way a... before the holiday. Oh, was that before? Oh, way before. We just I haven't, haven't got actually to it. been reading during the holiday. Ah, uh, okay. I've just been enjoying things yeah, that happen. Been good. Yeah. Been good. Well, I I finished up this book. So let's let's get on to Ancestral Night. I made some notes here. Oh, no, actually, let me go back to this one. Uh, the reason why I uh, I listened to this, people on the SFBRP said, uh, or Greg said, on, on the, the SF SFBRP, yeah, listener, SFBRP group. listener group on goodreads.com. Goodreads.com, yeah. and then go to community or whatever. It's search for science fiction book review podcast listener group, or SFBRP listener group. And it's a great way to uh, recommend books to me. For example, someone said uh, earlier, they were like... Um, uh, uh, here, I'd like to recommend Heroes Die by Matthew Stover. Something, something, something. Don't be put off by the cover. <laughs> it's a step of... And I looked at it, I was like, I was put off by the cover. But also, other people have recommended me to, that to me in the past as well. This book was recommended to you by Otto. So here's the thing. If enough people all recommend the same book to me, but it is but a... But th that was another book, not, not Ancestral. No, not that Ancestral Night. But here's the thing. If more than one or two people recommend it, uh, I'll get to it. So somebody said... Um, uh, uh, I've lost it. I would like to recommend... This is Greg with two Gs. I'd like to recommend Ancestral Night. Oh, we forgot to mention we're camping. And so if you hear wind in the background... No, we just... Oh, we mentioned We are before. sitting in our tent. Oh, yes. So if you hear wind, sorry about that. So Greg said, I would like to recommend Ancestral Night by Elizabeth Bear. It is a well-written, witty space opera told in the first person, largely in a dialogue, by a crew member aboard a salvage tug which comes across an ancient derelict spaceship. Ooh. The action includes space pirates, mind augmentation, a funny ship AI, and cats in space. Looking at your episode list, it doesn't seem you've reviewed any novels by the author. This is Elizabeth Bear. Neither had I, though I thought I had read something a while ago. Um, and then Lindsay said, I like that one too. And I actually think the second book is even better. So here you go. Two recommendations. So I replied, okay, I'll add it to my read list. Okay. I'll, I'll add it to my to read list. When I saw that, I thought also, that sounds fun. Um, yeah, and I put it on my to read list as it, well. It's on your to read list too, yeah. and And I was like, no, I have read something by Elizabeth Bear, but it turns out I haven't. I've read, I've reviewed stuff by Greg Bear and Elizabeth Moon. So uh, uh, we can two we can make quite up distinct the different people. Yeah, d different people. But anyway, Ancestral Night is the book that we're talking about. White Space um, Number One. Okay, uh, is what we're is what we're reviewing here. Cool. Um, uh, or what I'm going to talk when, about. When did that? When was that published? Oh, it's pretty recently. Uh, pretty recent. Let me quickly look up. I think it's from 2019. Yeah, published March 2019. And then the White Space series. There's another one published. Machine Book Two is published in 2020. So uh, cool. maybe there's an extra. No, I didn't see any more. But um, yeah. And also on on Goodreads, it's got uh, an average rating of 3.78, which is around about you know if you think about like 3.5 to 4.2 is the whatever I say that's the that's the that's one the, to five that's the actual one to five scale or something. Yes. So you know pretty well pretty well reviewed or whatever. So um, let me go over to my notes because I actually did have a, a thing. That so I you listened to, to it as an audiobook. Yeah, as an audiobook, and actually pretty good audiobook. The uh, let me head head over here to my uh, library. Ancestral Night. Uh, it's narrated by Eneke Akoye. And I recognized her voice straight away. And then I was like, what else did she do? And she did the, um, I think it's uh, the, not Binti. Who's, what is it? Um, uh, Binti? The Binti. There's yeah. a, a book called Binti. Who's the author? Uh, 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 
Nnedi Okorafor, yes, something like yes, that. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's her, one of her yeah. novels, yeah. this uh, this uh, narrator did, and she's got she does it really well. She's got a great voice. I really enjoy listening to her. Very calming voice. Cool. Some kind of British accent, but also influenced by whatever uh, accent someone called Nyeke Okoye uh, has, has uh, like whatever accent is creeping in there. Nigerian. Actually, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I don't know. In fact, let me just click on her name. Maybe maybe it'll be... Um, oh, no, it doesn't. It just comes up with a, a list of books that she's... Uh, um, yeah, Who, Who Fears Death is the, is the book of hers that I read. Who, Who Fears Death. Maybe. We don't. Whatever. Um... So, uh, good audiobook, just good. putting that out there straight away. Yeah. So, uh, previously, I was talking about, in a, in a previous um, episode, I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, it was actually the last episode when I was talking about the, um, the polity. And I was yeah. saying, what is a utopia and what is a dystopia? And I think I might have already thought about that because when I reviewed that, I might have already started Ancestral Night. And you've got these post-scarcity um, post-scarcity um, civilization, space-faring, space opera civilization, like the culture yeah. and like the polity mm -hmm. and like these other ones which are sort of like, oh, the artificial intelligence, the AIs are running things and then the, the humans are just, you know, they're contributing as well. They're just hanging out. They're, but they're, hang they're doing some hanging out, contributing, hanging out, and, you know, they're being looked after. And one of the things that I said is like, what makes something into a utopia or a dystopia? Yeah. And I always think, are you allowed to leave? And if you're allowed to leave, it can be classed as a utopia because you're like, oh, don't worry, we'll just yeah. let you out, no problem yeah. at all. Um, or are you are you meant to stay? And in this one, it, it feels like the book is almost about what it means to live in a post-scarcity society and is it a dystopia or utopia? Oh. With the idea being that there is like mind control in the same way that, let me get to it, um, 1984, there there isn't mind control, but everyone is like kept in place yeah. and is unhappy with it. Yeah. But in um, in uh, Brave New World, everyone is kept in place and but is also happy with it because yeah. everyone's on drugs all the time. Yeah. Everyone's minds are artificially altered. Yeah. And in this, they you have something which is called right minding, where any time that you feel bad about something, you can just be like, oh no, I'm gonna just switch this thing and I'm just going to be feeling okay about it. I'm going to be happy with it. Ah. I'm going to be able to just work through this. Okay. So a lot of this is like self, like you can be, you're like self what am I trying to say? You self-regulate your own emotions and self-regulate your own happiness. Okay. And also, weirdly, self-regulate your own memories. And But also, you can say, you, AI, I want you to self-regulate me because what happens is if you suddenly self-regulate your own emotions, it's like people who, who you give someone a little switch so that they can give themselves morphine in the hospital and the only thing that they ever do is increase is the amount of morphine that they give click themselves. Click the button. If they click the button, uh. click the button, take the pain away, take the pain away, take the pain away. So they, you can actually volunteer to say, actually, you, AI, AI, you control my emotions for me and keep sure, keep, keep this right minding in place. Mm. So, if you're allowed to voluntarily change your own mind and make yourself happy with the situation and mm. bring yourself bliss and bring yourself enlightenment or whatever it is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That is, again, the 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 one of the main parts of this novel is because, as I said, or as Greg said, this is largely told from in a dialogue point of view yeah like it's a, the inner you know the inner thoughts of someone you actually get someone thinking through things yeah. and then being like oh i'm going to right mind myself and then okay. the outcome of that so there's a I, lot it of... sounds a bit like you know um if you uh i don't i don't know the expression really but like putting something on the, under the rug 
Yeah. Sweeping it's it under the sweeping rug. Sweeping it under the rug. That is like a little bit like, I mean, talking utopia and dystopia is not quite getting it, but... Um, what, but, like the axis of what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. yeah utopia like a, where you're allowed to leave, but also uh, that everything is swept where, under the rug. Yeah, yeah. somewhere where you, you something happens and then you can just make it, make it so you feel better in that same situation. Uh-huh. It's a bit or you bit make it doggy. so you don't think of that situation, or, like or you that. make it so you don't even remember that situation to yeah. even think about it. Yeah, but so, the situation has still happened. The situation still happened. Yeah, people are still living with the consequences of it. Yeah, but you can live without guilt because you just don't mind it anymore. I don't yeah. care. About it. So our main, uh, our main person, our main character. What do you call it? Protagonist, let's say, is um, Jaime Dz, spelled and the second name is spelled D Z. Dz Jaime Dz. That's um, fun. It's a fun name. Yeah, it's... If you want a book which is someone saying, hey, I really like the culture novels, I'm going to write my own take on this kind of thing. Yeah. This is it. Okay. It, to the point where the, the, the second name, Diz, is reminds me of the second name of one of the main characters. I think it's in the uh, um, in uh, State of the Art. Yeah. What? Maybe, maybe type this in here. State of the Art Banks... Um, hopefully it'll bring bring up the Wikipedia page for this. Is it going to be here? Uh, and um, so true, the main character. Yeah, who's who's the main who's the main character? State of the art is Dizet, Diziet. You know, di, oh, yeah. di, Diziet'sma. So yeah. it, again, it's it it isn't. But when you hear someone say Diz Diz, and you're like, oh, Diziet'sma. You know, so yeah. it's it's one of those one of those many many references to the culture of seem, seeming really references yeah. to the culture. But this. I always quite like it if if you have if you write a book, yeah. um, and you're setting your own universe and stuff. I quite like it not to use like the typical naming scheme yeah like if we're living somewhere else and if we're living some time else yeah people will have different names but here's the thing in the ship names are literally just culture names it's like she said oh i'm gonna do culture names in the same way that this thing so one of the one of the ships one of the main ships in it is called i'll explain it to you slowly I'll explain it to you slowly. And right. the, that the what is it? The something something ship. I'll explain it to you slowly. Yeah. There's another one which is called I'll remember it for you wholesale, which is again just a, another science fiction reference. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, would ships in the in the 29th century or whatever, whenever this is set, yeah. would they name themselves after short stories by Philip K. Dick? Because I'll remember it for you wholesale is I think the short story which was then made into the movie Total Recall. Oh really? Yeah, ah. um, I think that's ha. the way around it goes. Okay. So, so yeah, like, uh, and so there's references to other science fiction here quite a bit, and um, and also, I don't know if I'm picking up on all these references or if they're there explicitly, or if it's just sort of like someone has read a lot of Ian M. Banks and Peter F. Hamilton, which again, this this is like my as I was mentioning before, like that kind of style of writing, that kind of style yeah. of science fiction, and the and you the, enjoy that and the quirky the quirky AI ships with funny names, great, like I'm there for it, but it did feel a little bit sometimes a little bit too a little bit too like oh i'm just going to do the same thing as ian e. m banks yeah, but mean- it is examining a slightly different culture or a slightly different uh, thing in a way which is actually uh, adding something new to it like the themes and the ideas of like we're not just going to you know be all happy and fun with it like that's the thing with um 
with the, the with the culture is that it's utopian in that actually if anything do goes wrong they, there's pretty explicitly like oh if you murder someone we'll just say ah just don't do don't murder someone again mm. do you not get put in prison no you don't get put in prison why don't you get put in prison well it's either because that like takes away your freedom and you do it so we'll just put a, a, a little drone on you to follow you around yeah. to make sure that you don't kill anyone ever again yeah. and it's sort of like ah that's cute that's neat yeah like ian and banks you're 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 Playing, you got around with you're gutting around like yeah. oh well nobody would ever murder anyone because why would they because everyone gets everything that they want because yep. we live in a utopia place you know it's actually again that is the author brushing issues under the rug and but it's fine because the story he wants to tell is different kind of thing whereas this is sort of like if you murder something what will we do to you yes. like if you're involved in a big crime but we do live in a post scarcity post scarcity uh, society what are the ramifications of that to you and also to society and the ramifications of us doing punishing you to a utopian post-scarcity society okay this is what feels to be like somebody grappling with those issues some more exploration of this yes kind of uh so environment. That, that's it yeah uh, other things i liked about this with the world building is the is uh um instead of using the words day and year mm. they use dia and anno um, which mm -hmm. makes me think that um, they don't uh, like it's like it, instead of saying a day, you know, oh, a day is 24 hours with in each an hour is 60 minutes and then each second. Yeah. It was much more feels like, oh, the the the, the span of time, um, uh, which is roughly analogous to a day, we're going to call it a dia. Yeah. And, a, and something which is like however many days long, which doesn't have to be 365 plus more on a leap year. It's sort of yeah. like a, a, a planet. It felt whatever, like a, whatever the the year on that planet is no no it's not whatever it's sort of like more of a, a general reference year and a, a general reference uh, uh, thing it's like instead of inches being the length of a scottish man's thumb or the king's thumb mm. and, a, and a foot being the the length of the forearm or whatever or the foot or whatever <laughs> like that it's more like we're going to have a reference which is the, the meter you know mm. what I mean? Like, and what is the reference? It doesn't have to be tied to how many, how long it takes for the Earth to go around the sun. It's like, what is the time of space? Again, I'm not really sure, but it felt like that's it. Sort of like, like planet independent time span. Okay. Okay. So it's an interplanetary. Uh, yeah, like an interplanetary system. This is system. spread across the whole galaxy. Right. What time time units do you use? You use dias and anos, which I think is just Spanish for you know day and year or whatever, or Latin. What's well, anno is uh, uh, yeah, Latin. Latin. Yeah. So maybe they are they are specifically, but it seemed to be like because then they use decadias, and they're thinking, oh, that's like a week, you know, like a a, a ten a ten, ten day span yeah. or whatever. So it feels like there's different time stuff going on there. And uh, and yeah and the the a lot of the other um, world building comes out with this like you know you can they have this white space and white space is something that you go into which is like a different space you know like the hyperspace or the, right. the whatever yeah. but uh, you go into that and then you fold normal space around you so your spaceship doesn't actually move mm. you move a bubble of space through normal space by like compressing space ahead of you and like pushing it around behind and pushing it out the back. Okay, so this is how they travel. They through. travel around so they yeah. can go faster than light really easily. But they're not going faster than light. They're just m taking a little bubble of normal space into white space with them, like surrounding their ship with yeah. it and going through. So there's lots of really good, fun, like science fictional stuff and big aliens and all the kind of stuff that you want from this, this kind of thing. And yeah, world building really great thematic exploration of post-scarcity society and mind control mm. and memory control and all that kind of stuff. Also, really good, really good ideas. 
However, it was let down by the story, not... I think this is what I posted on Goodreads when I put a little verdict, like, it's a novel with better ideas and themes than the story could support. Oh, okay. And it really is a pity that someone who has these ideas, again, lots of them borrowed from other science fiction, which I don't mind. Again, some of the best books that I've read recently, like, yeah, they're, they're playing with fun. other things. Yeah, no problem yeah. at all. But... If you're gonna do, if you're gonna use these science fictional ideas, yeah, give me a, give me some characters that I can either root for or root yeah. against, yeah. or get, if, even if I don't really care what they're up to, put them in a situation where I feel like I either want to achieve what they want to achieve, or I want to. Yeah, you, you want know, to root for them. I want to root for them. I want to. Yeah. I want. Yeah. I want them to go on a journey. When, again, I don't care about character journeys and stuff like yes. that. There, there's many great stories where there's no character development by the main characters. It doesn't you know? always need to be. It depends need to be. so much on the story you want yeah. to tell. It all depends on the story. Yeah. And in this case, the the character development is interesting and can only exist in a world where there is right minding and mind control, voluntary mind control in this way. And again, her journey in this way in this like main thematic thing her personal journey of where, where she where she takes her personality yeah is very interesting and good and like i enjoyed that yeah and if it was just her discovering you know like going back through and discovering her memories and discovering like what it's like to live in this society and the ramifications of that yeah just her backstory i found really fascinating and as her backstory came out and the interaction, there's a main protagonist who is this space pirate who is uh, knows a bit more about her backstory than she does. Um, and all of that kind of stuff is really good. And it's all that and all of that good backstory, mind control, self, um, was it self-thoughting? What is it called? Uh, right minding. All of that kind of stuff is layered on top of this alien contact big dumb object in space um uh, precursor technology is being discovered and it could be used by these people for bad things and this things for bad things and yeah. all of that was just garbage just wasn't very good oh no and it's a real pity because it could have been fantastic and yeah. i was really looking forward to so maybe then that's what um when uh, Lindsay's yeah. um answer comes in where he he says uh, the the second book is better maybe maybe, maybe then the second book um keeps yeah the same play, yeah. the same uh, Maybe. universe yeah yeah it's the same world building it does actually say here it says uh, um, in this compelling uh, set in the same universe as the crit and I'm not going to read the rest of the blurb yeah. because I don't read blurbs before I start but now I'm going to read the blurb after finishing uh, once I finish the book here's the blurb Jaime thinks she knows what she wants she thinks she knows who she is she is wrong okay all of that bit those first three lines wrap yeah. up like her personal journey yeah. and what she's going through and the cool like the cool brain stuff that's yeah. with her memory stuff and all, yeah, that, kind of of, makes all sense. that kind of stuff and then here's the rest of the blurb which is, seems to have nothing to do with those three opening lines of the blurb. Okay. A routine salvage mission uncovers evidence of a terrible crime and relics of powerful ancient technology. Jaime and her small crew run afoul of pirates at the outer limits of the Milky Way and find themselves on the run and in possession of universe-changing information. And I don't really even remember what that universe-changing information is. 
Oh! I mean, I do, now I think about it. But it didn't feel like at the time they had universe-changing information. <laughs> when authorities prove corrupt, Jaime realises she is the only one who can protect the galaxy-spanning civilization from the implications of this ancient technology and the revolutionaries who want to use it for terror and war. And thinking back, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that was part of the motivations and story. But like, <laughs> but really? You... It felt like, the, the, like there wasn't actually that much corruption and the, and the authorities pretty much had it under control. And yeah. the revolutionaries who wanted to use this stuff for, you know, for um, terror and war weren't really a big issue. They seemed to be, like, pretty much under control. Her quest will take her careening from the event horizon of the supermassive black hole at the galaxy's core to the infinite empty spaces at its edge. To save everything that matters, she will need to uncover the secrets of ancient un ancient intelligences lost to time and her own lost sequence, her own lost, sorry, her own lost secrets, which we she will wish, she, wish had remained hidden from her forever. So, again, that last line... Is back to those first three lines. Yeah. So, but you know, um, yeah. Why is it always? Why is it always kind of like you don't always need stories to be about? Oh, one person can save the whole universe. It never. And this is the thing. Is, even if that was happening, and now now I guess thinking about it, yes, that was happening. Okay. There were big ancient technologies, and there were were big secrets of space, and all this yeah. kind of thing that could have been revealed. Yeah. But I like just didn't care. Like I never felt like the universe galaxy spanning thing was ever at stake. There was at one point when there was some space battles, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess this is bad, but like it's not bad, bad. And this is coming off the back of reading um, Polity Agent. Mm. Um, where like a huge part of that end of the book which again I was dissatisfied with because it felt like the main guy was literally hey we're going to drop you off on this planet while we go over here and have a big space adventure yeah. um, a space battle and and that really felt like oh right this is actually difficult you know this is a big Important. thing even though in there they're like ah we could win we could lose this battle but there's no way we're going to lose the entire galaxy war you know <laughs> yeah. um, And but in this book it never really felt like what was happening outside of her and her relationship with the space pirate or her own memories was even important or that she cared very much about it or was ever out of control or there was any danger. And I think that's the, the, the tricky thing when you write a book which is set in one of these post-scarcity things. It's mm. all like, oh yeah, just keep building spaceships until we have enough spaceships and we'll take on the barrier thing. And, you know, Ian and Banks did that well with the culture, that they had a big, you know, uh, the culture was at threat by this, uh, you know, this, this big, you know, the, the other big uh, space thing that they declared war, and they're like, well, this is pretty much like Japan declaring war on America, you know, with Pearl Harbor. Yeah, this is bad for us now, <laughs> but you know, just give us like three and a half years. Uh, this is me looking at my watch to, <laughs> to pretend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, give, give us three and a half but, years. But that's we'll... only meaningful for humans. Like for everyone else in in the in the what? in the universe, three what? and a half years is nothing. No, no, I'm saying. This this was uh, this was in, in the second world war. Like give oh. us three, give give us three and a half years, yeah. and the you know the uh, industrial might of of the United States of America will turn. It's you know will stop building cars and start building tanks. You know and yeah, yeah. And, and get those battleships all out and uh, out and about. And we're like we're going to win this. We know we're going to win this war. It's just going to take us time to ramp up production. <laughs> and that's kind of what the big culture threat felt like at yeah. the time. Like well oh, this is a bit annoying that we're actually going to do this. If we don't do anything, yeah, it could mean the end of the culture. 
but we know we're going to win because we just look at all these ship yeah, mines yeah. that we've got ready to go <laughs> yeah. here. So yeah, it, it, even then, like it never felt like the culture was really a threat. But then that was the first book or the first two books of the culture series. Yeah. And then from then on, they're like, oh, well, the culture's set up. Everything's good. And then it was always the stuff that's happening right on the very edge. But it never, there, there was very rarely a time when the culture th felt properly under threat. Yes. There are some big threats that come along, but it never felt like, oh, the universe is at stake. Mm. Because, like, no one human can ever really no. be the at thing. the centre of that. And, and, and that's always the, 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 the strange thing if in these books where you have, like... AI yeah. and lots of other entities that are way more intelligent, powerful, and anything. Well, in than the culture humans, series, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you you don't get the, then the human saving or no. going on and to it, save the universe. Yeah, and it's stuff. exactly that. In the one book when there is the big threat in the culture series, Accession, it's mostly a book about, you know, spaceship, like uh, ship mind AI yeah. politics and then like, all right, let's all get together and solve this. Yeah. And there are some human things going along at the same time. Yeah, but they are tiny and, and very much... No, they're significant, but it's not all not based on... It's not all relying on one human, like getting the MacGuffin and yeah. finding out the secret. And, and I think... Um, It, that shows really well also in the Murderbot books. Yeah. Because, um, because the, the Murderbot thinks of humans as some very annoying beings to protect. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. Like, in, or in catastrophe movies, how you always have, um, you have the adults who sometimes can do the right things and then you have either pets yeah. or children yeah. who take everybody more into the, Into the bad, danger, into yeah. the danger because of their behavior, and this is how I always feel like with humans in these kind of stories. Humans will always be more like the the annoyance and the oh, the human did something dumb here, and now yeah. uh, the robots on AI have to kind of um, make it good again and save, yeah. and then save the universe and stuff. So that never really feels like it's plausible yeah, at that point. Yeah, that the humans are actually that the, the humans one, yeah. are then the ones saving. I actually, look, uh, the, one of the people who recommended it, Greg said, I'd like to recommend this. Lindsay said, I'd like that one too. And, and so I actually just glanced here as much. Uh, he says, as much as I love the writing this, the characters and the setting, overall I thought the book was a mess, primarily due to the pacing issues. In particular, there's an interminable section in, in, of the book, it's over a quarter of the length of the book, where Jaime and the main antagonist are stuck alone in the ship that's travelling from A to B, where the only thing happening with the plot is limited interaction between the two and Jaime having an emotional breakdown. Here's the thing. If the whole novel had been that section... Yeah. I would have been fine yeah. with it, yeah. but it isn't. And that section that he's saying was an interminable, I actually made a note down here. I said, oh, pacing, oh my God, get on with it, or make the slow parts mean something. Mm. And it felt like the slow part didn't mean anything there yeah you know yeah like she was like oh i've lost my crew emotional breakdown i've yeah. lost my cats you know the cats in space actually there's some fun stuff with the cats in space which I don't need to go into yeah. too much but uh yeah there's she's she's grieving um emotional breakdown she doesn't know what to, and all this kind of stuff and it is a really big section of this book yeah and that's what made me think and again 
if you're more interested in the space battles, this is like interrupting the space battles. But for me, this was just showing how little the authors seem to care about the space battles and the and the you know the aliens and the pirates and all this kind of stuff. They're there, right there in the book, right fully forced in the book. But actually, what this book is is about the internal emotional state of the main character, right? Which is which there is a lot of meat on that bone, but then it's kind of sprinkled in with this space opera stuff and space battle stuff, and they detract from each other so if you want if you think the world building in the actually Lindsay says here where it really shines is what sort of government and economic system needs to exist in a post-guessity space operatic society as well as competing socio-economic systems um yeah it's also great at looking at personality where everyone is cybernetically augmented and can both express control over their end endocrine and edit and control their memories uh, yeah. So despite and the pacing issues, I actually really enjoyed this and would <laughs> recommend it. For me, the, there were pacing issues, but really what I felt like, I never felt like this was earning its place, like this main character was earning her place as the the central character in a galaxy, ga from galaxy's core to the infinite empty spaces at edge, possibly, you know, with precursor technology and ancient um, aliens coming out of hibernation, all that big stuff. This main character didn't feel like she fit in that space opera story. Okay. And then also all of that big space opera story seemed to detract from the emotional journey that she herself was going right. on. Which was very small and internal. Yeah. And it wasn't reflected. You can do both. I'd, I'd love a book which, like, the, a, a good author, I'm not saying Elizabeth Bear isn't a good author, I'm saying it would be possible to tie these two things together. But if that's the case, you can't spend a quarter of the book with someone sneaking around a spaceship alone, thinking about how she's missing her cats and getting the hots on for the bad girl antagonist over there. You yeah. know, it, it, the, the, it's, it takes a more skilled author to put those two things yeah. together. Or put it in two separate ones, establish the big universe and the big space opera thing first, and yeah. then have one section or one book where that's, it's more like a, the quieter thing. That, that, that's totally that's something that can happen. No, I th to be honest, I think Ian and Banks could do both of these things. Like, yeah, but he, he isn't anymore. No, he isn't anymore. And it's, that's what I'm saying. It's good to see someone swinging, like going for the same big theme ideas and personal mm. journeys and, oh, I'm living with grief, you know. Mm. Like when you read, looked at, that was one of the books I just gave away yesterday. Yeah. Or the other day was, uh, was the, um, the, the hardcover book of Look to Windward. Yes. Which was the last book in the culture series. When he wrote it, when Ian and Max wrote that, he thought that was the last book in the culture series. Yeah. And it is about a big thing, but it's also about somebody who lost the war you know one mm. of these people who or no didn't lose the war but you know lost friends in the war oh, this is a spaceship mind and the last moment is somebody who thinks he's got everything out of life and is like suicidal going up to a ship mind or actually an orbital mind and the last moment is them is sort of like oh we can just turn ourselves off together and they both die at the end of the book and they both decide actually we're done we're done here yeah and they both just step out of existence, commit suicide, whatever, however you want to say it, just decide that they're finished mm. with life. Yeah. And uh, for a novel to take you on that and for that to be Ian and Banks' sort of like final, what he thought at the time when he wrote it was sort of like, oh, here's how I'm ending the culture series is a big moment. You know, that's actually takes an author with a lot of skill to do that. I don't think that's the best culture book, but a, a lot of his culture novels r really wrangle with like either big personal big, issues yeah. or small personal issues. Yeah. 
but um, but the small this is this I mean this is literally what what makes the human humans yeah. or even then like little problems for AIs yeah. interesting yeah. right so it's like what what problem can ha an I, AI have uh, that makes it um, meaningful yeah yeah like and that's, but here's the thing Ian and Banks would tie that like if this was if this was a story by Ian, I know no it's really difficult to not, to not always go back to Ian and Banks but here's the thing the culture references are right here in the text uh, of the book strong. like very yeah. strong in the book mm. which is fine like I'm into it like again yeah. no problem about that yeah. but it just makes me go ah Ian and Banks wouldn't have had a quarter of the book sitting in one person's brain mm. like literally crawling around corridors in a space oh you know i said corridors corridor corridor, corridor. what happens corridor. like this all of the spaceships in here i never got a sense of wonder like the people in the book were like oh it's really big i'm feeling sense of wonder and i'm like people are just crawling around different shaped corridors like it's just corridor after corridor and i don't want every experience of an alien ship to be like more corridors you yeah. know that was um, actually one uh, thing that you asked me randomly what how i would you said how do you that was literally pronounce... on the last episode of the podcast was it yeah I, we this that's why i keep saying corridor instead of corridor uh, oh, right. uh, because on the last episode i actually had what you would call the little space between I'll the kitchen i remember and... if, if, if you recorded at that point yeah yeah but... we're, like again yeah, we're talking about the books anyway so corridors lots of corridors and uh, more, the more I say it, the more it feels right to say <laughs> corridor instead of corridor. Corridor. Um, yeah, if, in the, this is a book where uh, literally a quarter of the book is someone crawling around corridors, mm -hmm. thinking about their memories and internal spaces and trying okay. to come to terms with grief and stuff. And sometimes you just want a space battle in there. Maybe you just want to cut to some other characters uh, 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 with, with, you know... The cats, what happens to the cats? The cats are having the space battle. Yeah, the fact, yeah. Like, again, just, just sort of like, oh, because the whole book takes place in one person's brain, mm. it's really difficult for me to go, oh, and, and also there's this other big, much bigger story mm. taking part out there. Mm. And there are other characters in this book. I haven't talked about the rest of the crew and what they get up to mm. or, you know, what, what their jobs are or who they are. You know, you get the, you know, the, the fun ship AI and the, and the pilot guy and the humans and the other people and the you know there's there's good stuff in this the, and the other aliens there's some alien um, policemen who are really good fun policemen I know I, what they call them like officers and when they're first introduced you're like oh yeah they're probably just like police and then as you as the the text goes on you're like oh no these aren't humans there's there's actually like but for her there's just sort of like oh yeah the police officers these there's caterpillar like, kind of things yeah and um, for them for her yeah they that's are just normal, normal. It, it's not worth commenting yes. And it also, she has four hands. Like, in, where her feet are, she has hands. Okay. Um, you remember the, the Falling Free book by, um, by Lewis McMaster Bujold? It's, what, it's chronologically the first book in the, uh, the Vorkosigan yeah. series. I think you, may, maybe you didn't read yeah, it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. there is people who are designed to live in zero gravity. Yeah. And they have, oh. like, uh, hands. They have Extra hands they to have, hold on to. And she calls them her aft hands. Uh, you know, four hands and aft hands, like on a ship. <laughs> the four deck and the aft that's deck. Fun. Well. That's uh, so anyway, that's it. Uh, um, I don't have anything to say about this. Are you going to continue reading? Are you, you know what? If read the second book, I would be interested to read the second book yeah. because this, for me, is one of those books that there's a lot. There's a, there was a lot that I was kind of mostly enjoying about the book, but it's so difficult to read a book with this many references to previous science fiction. Yeah, maybe in the and second book it found more... Can the... I finish, please? Oh, it's really difficult to read this thing and, and, not, and not be always brought to mind other science fiction authors who've done it better. Which isn't to say Elizabeth Bear isn't doing things very well, hmm. but 
it is uh, as who said this Lindsay read uh, as much as I love the writing in this uh, overall I thought the book was a mess and he says it's due to pacing issues and while I do agree with the pacing issues I also think there's an incoherence between like the the levels like I say big thematic things about post-scarcity society yeah. good good well done uh, internal brain personal history getting over the past and living with the past yeah. also really good yeah space battles like didn't care at all big alien objects like this is about somebody who it begins with them going and finding an alien craft and going in and and i never felt any sense of wonder or any like oh this is an interesting i've never seen aliens like this before. like nothing and i want and i want my science fiction about first contact with aliens to feel like i'm having a first contact with the alien like it's yes. not it's like it give me something which i feel feels alien yes you know what i mean like give me something that when i bump up against it i'm like oh i've not i've not uh i don't i don't know this alien yeah. <laughs> you know like there's, there's 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 something actually as someone who's read a lot of science fiction yeah and uh like i still want an alien someone's going through a gate out there if you can hear it. um <laughs> i still want an alien to feel alien to me a science fiction fan and none of these aliens felt properly alien well, I guess if you're if you're living in a in a place where literally the police officers are alien, and if you then meet other aliens, they're just other aliens. No, but that's not good enough. That's you. That's the that's the character in in the science fiction world thinking that. Yeah. I want to feel like things are actually alien. Yeah. You know the things but in her culture. Really, but that's like, really if you difficult. Come, I know it's very difficult. And Elizabeth Bear, I was said Moon then. Elizabeth Bear isn't quite good enough at writing big dumb objects, big dumb alien objects for us to explore. Hmm. Her ships, that the, the spaceships that she that we explore with the main character, are very boring to me as someone who's read other science fiction. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I said I only had thirty minutes to talk about this of stuff to talk about this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's now 40 minutes, but it's not an hour. So this okay. is actually a short, episode. It's a short episode. So let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, uh, just one, one question. I was interested in um, how long is this book? Um, I will now go over to the audio, audio, Audible page, which I actually have open here. Ancestral Night, book number one, 16 hours and 48 minutes. If this had been a 10-hour audiobook, mm. I would have been really happy. Okay. And I think that's what comes down to Lindsay saying about the pacing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this um, uh, Ancestral Night... White Space Number One, as it comes up here on the, uh, that's the series, Night Space Number One. Um, my uh, friends' reviews, in other words, science fiction book review podcast listeners and other people that I'm friends with, rate it 3.42 stars on average. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as I said before, generally on Goodreads, 3.78 average. And as I and because I'm saying sort of like that sliding scale is actually yeah. from about three and a half stars, which is probably something I'd give one or two stars to, up to four and a half stars, which is which is sort of like a five star book. Yeah. This is you know halfway through there, so I'm going to give this book three stars, Sounds which means they're like that. This again, it could have been a five star book. Yeah, pacing and lots of other but issues. But you had with fun it. with it. I didn't have fun with it, and here's the interesting thing. Isn't a fun book to read. Yes, well, it the, the journey that yeah. the character goes through isn't fun, yeah. and the things that should be fun, which is like the space exploration and the space battles, isn't written well enough for me to have fun with. Right. But I did like 
the the reading experience i i i i enjoyed the reading experience in the in the ab not in the abstract but like the the journey that it took me on with the main character good you yeah. know i i enjoyed the thematic explorations and again my verdict was a novel with better ideas and themes than the story could support right Everything about this book which wasn't the story... Well, not everything. So much things about this which wasn't the story was really good. And I was almost intellectually enjoying the intellectual exercise <laughs> that the author was taking me through. Yeah. But good. That's, but that's also good. Three stars. Three stars is a good rating. That's it. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. I'm going to post a picture of... Uh, of, of my, your of the... science fiction book uh, collection. No, on, no, it wasn't even my book collection. It was, it was the books Attic. that I hadn't given away yet in 2005. But <laughs> looking at it now, it is quite a little uh, um, nice little science fiction book collection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it would be okay. In the attic. Yeah. I was around at Mikey's place and he had given away all the books which weren't part of a collection. Yeah. I weren't part of a series and weren't part of a collection. And then someone visited and was like, "Where are your book collections really weird? Yeah. <laughs> like you've got all these like." And and I when I I wouldn't have noticed until I went and looked in it because it was in his bedroom there, and he had this whole book of science fiction and fantasy, and yes. it was only series yeah, yeah. and a few other things. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And uh, and I was like, but I understand the gaps in this because it's sort of like he also had collection of Ian M. Banks books yes, and he, he also had Tintin books yes. and things as well. So and yeah. and the books that I just gave away was some Tintin books on yes, top. Some um, some comics. Yeah, yeah, some some Tintin comics from years ago which I'd never given away or never got rid of or whatever. Yeah. It's amazing what you find in the in the uh, in the attic. In the attic. That's uh, always a from worth... literally twenty five some of those stuff in twenty five years ago. Yep. All right. Pretty good fun. Twitter, at Luke Burge. Also on Instagram, I'm at Luke Burge there. Juliana is in both those places too, at J-U-K-U -U Berlin, which stands for Juliana Kuntendorf Berlin. Uh, it does. In, in Twitter and on Instagram. Really boring. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you can follow along with our honeymoon. You can. Pictures of us looking at waterfalls and going out <laughs> we mountain were, bikes. We were up to. Turns out my brother-in-law is really, really into mountain biking. And oh my goodness, we have never had to sight. He was like, I'll take you on this bike ride. Oh, it almost killed us. No, it wasn't. Four, it didn't four kill hours. Us. Yeah. Three hours uphill. Up, uphill. It felt like three it, hours uphill wind, and into the wind. It, wind in our faces. Anyway, I've made. And, uh, um, I've put some posts there. I've made a highlight in Instagram stories highlights. So yeah. You can check that out too. Yeah. All right. I think that's about it. Oh yeah. Also, sfbrp.com. Click on episode list to see every book that we that we've uh, reviewed on the science fiction book review podcast. Yes. And yeah, if you want me to read a book. If you mention it on the SFBRP listener group on Goodreads and somebody else says, I like that one too, yeah. I'm much more likely to get to, to the look book. Look into it. Um, uh, would you say I should read this book? I think you would probably enjoy this book yeah, fine. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds it's quite... It's a perfectly fine book. Cool. All right, so let's stop there. Nice. Let's, uh, let's make some dinner. Uh, maybe yes. not now, but in a bit. We'll okay. Some dinner. Bye. Oh yeah, thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Goodbye.